We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to another edition of the Knicks Film School pregame show. My name is Andrew Claudio, a.k.a. GMAC, and it's time to preview the Knicks upcoming matchup on Saturday against the Los Angeles Clippers, a team that has won six games in a row. It's really started to figure it out since the addition of James Harden. Joining me to talk about this matchup and preview this game will be Chuck Mockler of one of my favorite niche podcasts, Clips and Dip. We go through all of the different things going on with the Clippers, whether it be the fact that Kawhi Leonard is playing like an all NBA first team candidate, maybe even an MVP candidate, the stakes that this season holds and whether a nuclear button could get hit. And, you know, the, the fact that the Clippers are trying to win a championship and uh, we go through the Mount Rushmore of rivals and, and all the different things that you'd normally come to expect. I think you're going to enjoy the conversation, but this preview, or I should say, This intro to the preview is a little different. So normally I do uh, two different intros for this podcast. There's one that is recorded with the guest that is part of the video experience where it's a layout and, and who the guest is and give them a full runway and an intro and all that. And then in the audio audience gets a different intro that's much longer. And I, I give a little monologue at the beginning and I decide to uh, uh, give, throw some connections and the Knicks against the opponent's history and maybe one game that stands out. And I try to throw some stats at you. But this is going to be a multi-purposed intro that the video audience also gets to see because I have a bit of a disclaimer for the video audience as well as our audio listeners. So behind the scenes, we recorded this interview, this conversation. Chuck and I on Friday around 4 p.m. Eastern. And I'm just going to be completely transparent with our audience, with with all of you, with uh, I I continue my family here at Nick's Film School. I was so down in the dumps after that jazz game. I was so deflated watching RJ go 0 for 7 from 3 and Jalen Brunson go 0 for 6. And, you know, the, the Tibbs rotation conversations have already started with Emmanuel Quickly's minutes and all of the different things that lead to very frustrating basketball that we get to watch. And I was getting flashbacks to two years ago where it was all going to come culminate in a frustrating game against the Lakers. 
And I, I was just, I was so down in the dumps about this basketball team and the state of the team. And it's reflected in the conversation that you're going to hear, I guess, watch even uh, with Chuck, because I, I referenced several times how annoyed I was and how down I was and how lot, not confident I was about this game against the Clippers. In fact, I even said it one time, like we're coming off this game against the Suns. Um, well, they, the reason this isn't two years ago and the reason things are different now for those watching on YouTube, it's because there's a guy over my right shoulder, at least a, a silhouette over my right shoulder of him. And that him is known as Jalen Bruns him. And of course, you're listening and watching this after Jalen Brunson made history last night, becoming the first player in NBA history to score 50 points in the same game that way they went nine for nine from three. In fact, the list of players to score 50 points in a game and go 100% from three is 16 names long. And he's the only one to make at least eight or nine threes without missing. Kyrie Irving's the only other one to make at least seven without missing. Uh, one of the best individual regular season performances that I've ever seen. In fact, as the resident Carmelo Anthony Stan here at Knicks Film School, I'm trying to think if this is the best regular season performance that I've ever seen. You know, the, the mellow 62 point game will always stand out, but that was against the Bobcats, a team that doesn't even exist anymore. Um, the, the mellow game against the Heat, where he had 50 points with all jump shots, not a single point in the key, always stands out to me. But like LeBron, Wade, and Bosch didn't play that night. Like the, the game on Easter Sunday where he hit the two threes, the one to send it into overtime and the one to win. You know, we've had some great scores over the years. And uh, that that specific performance from Melo, that stands out. And there's all these ones that I go back to. The Allen Houston game against the Lakers where he had 53 on the road. Um, the, the Jamal Crawford 52-point game. Like I'll even say Julius Randle's 57 points last year. That third quarter when he was unconscious was amazing. And these are individual performances that all stand out. But the, the Randall performance happened in a loss. The Houston performance happened in a lost season. Jamal Crawford, that team didn't make the playoffs. And what Jalen Brunson did in Phoenix on Sean Marion night on the second time, the second time that the Phoenix Suns were able to unveil their big three. Now, granted, Bradley Beal got hurt, but that was with Kevin Durant and Devin Booker in the building. And the Knicks were, were that, that game was slipping away. The, they were trending toward a double-digit loss, and we were going to be looking at two in a row with the Clippers and the Lakers coming up. And he goes, I mean, he went 12 of 12 in the second half with 35 points, 8 of 8 for 3 in the second half. And the, the best part, my favorite part about the performance, and this has been mentioned already, Nine assists. And there's even a point like he could have had more points. He had a breakaway layup, but saw that Julius Randle was running with him and he handed it off for two. So this could have been a 52 point performance. But Jalen Brunson instead is not just the best player on this team. He's not only the best player in the game yesterday, Kenny Smith, but he's he's one of the best things that's happened to this franchise in a long time. And you know, we'll see what happens with this team going forward. We'll see how important this win actually becomes. Like they got to take care of business and turn this momentum into something. But I'm I'm fully fully amazed that we get to watch this guy play basketball, and thankful that he gets to turn our moods upside down, and even more grateful that he he gets to make the podcast you're about to watch and the mood and the vibes that I 
and putting out there look even sillier. Because how dare I doubt this basketball team that's led by the great Jalen Brunson. So all that being said, we're going to take a quick break for all the audio listeners. The video audit listeners are just going to go right to a, a to the conversation. But um, take that in mind that I had very different vibes when I was recording this episode before the, the Suns game. So tune in for that. Thank you for tuning in. As always, everybody, here is my conversation with Chuck Mockler of Clips and Dip previewing the Knicks matchup against the Los Angeles Clippers. Enjoy. What's up, Knicks fans? Quick break to tell you about AG1. AG1 is a foundational nutrition supplement that supports your body's universal needs, such as gut optimization, stress management, and immune support. Since 2010, AG1 has led the future of foundational nutrition, continuously refining their formula to create a smarter, better way to evaluate your baseline health. Fun fact, I recommended AG1 to all my friends, family, and Mrs. Claudio. We drink AG1 first thing in the morning, to make sure we have the energy needed to take on a busy day. There's no debate. AG1 is the supplement I trust to provide the support my body needs daily. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash filmschool. That's drink. That's drinkag1.com slash filmschool. Cool. Check it out. Chuck, welcome back to the Next Film School podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Excited to talk this interesting matchup between the Clippers and Knicks. Uh, Clippers in the midst, obviously, of a pretty nice run right now. So hope it continues. No disrespect. but I, hey. I, I understand. It's, <laughs> it's absolutely disrespectful, but I understand. Of course, you, you, I root for your team to win, except when you play my team. That's exactly. how Love things it. usually go, you know, and your team has been winning a lot recently. Six in a row, as we currently record. And it's funny, last year for the Knicks... They got off to a 10 and 13 start and then they made a lineup change. It went to a nine man rotation on December 4th last year. And it's this pivot point that a lot of Knicks fans point to as like, as soon as they changed that, everything was different. They were like a top five team in net rating and offense. They were like top two or three. Um, there's also the, the trade deadline date that we point to because that's when they got Josh Hart and became right. an even better team. But the December 4th, Change. They they were thirty seven and twenty two the rest of the year, and I say that because the Clippers made a trade for James Harden and then lost five in a row, <laughs> and then a lineup change happened. And if you look at their team since that lineup change on eleven seventeen, they are the best record in the East in the Western Conference. They're eleven and three. In fact, you could argue they've had the best record in the NBA. Depends what you say. A ten and two is against an eleven and three. Sure. But they're they're top five in uh, defense at number four. They're top five in net rating at number five. And it seems like that lineup change. And for Knicks fans who don't know what I'm talking about, they <laughs> took Russell Westbrook out of the starting lineup and went to a big three with Russ coming off the bench. Am I reading that correctly? That Clippers fans look at that November 17th date that changed everything. That you pretty much nailed it. Um, that switching up that lineup, it. it Things with Ty Lue, sometimes with with veterans on the team and lineup things take a little longer than some Clippers fans want it to. But as you know, it's very hard to manage egos. And when you have it, egos, I think also has kind of a, a bad connotation to it. But when you have four guys like the Clippers have at their level, 
there's clout, you know, there, there's certain feelings about things and, and wanting to try things. So you have to let these things kind of fail. And then you make the change. And then Ty Lue gets to kind of maybe say, see, like th- this is what we should have been doing right here is splitting up James Harden and Russell Westbrook. Um, and aside from that change, that's coincided with Kawhi Leonard playing some of his best basketball as a Clipper. Um, but health aside, which is the healthiest he's been as a Clipper, um, he's just frightening on both ends right now. <laughs> For other teams and James Harden stepping into a bigger role, like you said, since he's been starting. So it's all coalescing um, for the Clippers. And you're right. It all started with that pretty monumental uh, lineup change. So from what you can tell, have things been copacetic amongst the team? They, like, we'll, we'll talk about the fan base reaction. Sure. But the last time the Knicks played the Clippers, the Harden trade had just happened. Yeah. And Adam was saying like, there's a lot of egos to manage, but he talked glowingly about Russ. Now he had finally found a home and now Russ is back in a bench role where he's not sure. getting as much usage and not getting as many minutes is winning, healing all of that over. And there's no issues. So basically how are the vibes from what you could tell amongst the Clippers locker room? I mean, it, they're great. Winning solves a lot of problems. Okay. Uh, there was, there was footage. I don't know if you saw this, but it was during the Clippers skid and there was footage of Kawhi, like being frustrated, in the defensive possession and like kicking a chair or something like that. And, you know, there was like the whole Zabruder approach to it and being like, look how upset he is and look at this body language. And it's like, well, that's what you want to see from the best guy on your team when you're playing horribly. <laughs> you want to see some of that emotion, especially from Kawhi. Um, and now that we're winning, we're seeing the opposite of that. We're seeing Kawhi be happy. We're seeing him smile and things like that. The vibes, I would say, are good for 98% of, of the guys in the locker room. PJ Tucker's upset yeah. with his role, but I don't know. He's not playing at all. And the Clippers are playing very good basketball. So I, <laughs> it's not that simple, but everything is, is feeling good right now for the Clippers. The Ty Lue has been making good decisions, um, which obviously helps all that too. But so many guys are playing really good basketball right now. So an episode that I actually caught of clips and dip was your guys reaction to the Denver game when you had a chance to get back to 500 <laughs> and then the Nuggets came in. No, Jamal Murray, no Nikola Jokic. Yeah. And between Reggie Jackson having the game of his life and DeAndre Jordan turning back the clock, it felt like a moment of frustration that I don't know. It, I What I was reading in from that episode was like, my goodness, like, did we did we make this trade and it's, it's not going to work out. And lo and behold, it might've been the actual low point. Like you actually hit rock bottom and things turned around since then. Now you just referenced what Kawhi's done since, um, since around that point Um, in those eight games, since that rock bottom moment with against Denver, he's averaging 28 a game on 61% shooting from the field, 56% from three and 88% uh, percent from the line. Um, I, I mean, what the hell is my, my question? Like, <laughs> now I guess my, my better question to what Kawhi's doing is, and I don't mean to be the Debbie downer, but like we've no, seen Kawhi no, no, no. Yeah. I, yeah. Is there an availability question? Like how long he can sustain it? Or is it just like, you know what? We have multiple guys in house. We know that he can at least, at least reach this level again, which gives us confident complaint, confidence complaint all time. I don't think that's a, a crazy question to have at all. This is an unprecedented amount of games. Mm-hmm. He and Paul George have played together, which it ended the other night um, because of uh, just a little groin thing for PG. But I, Kawhi wants to play. And Ty Lu said, when our guys are healthy, they're going to play this year. 
a lot of Clippers fans maybe didn't believe it at first. Rightfully so. We, we've seen there's been some interesting messaging with these guys availability. Um, right now, I think I'm just enjoying it so much because he's been on such a great level and it's been six games and there hasn't been. Uh, he's just kind of keeps going up and to the right. Everyone. A lot of people were concerned about him for some reason, um, you know, because the Clippers weren't winning and things like that. But Kawhi's one of the few guys who I trust to actually flip a switch or to slowly flip that switch because we've seen him do it at such a consistent level. Um, so he's he's 100% healthy. They need to do this as long as they can. When I get when I start to get worried is when I look ahead at the schedule towards the end of the season. Um, Clips and Dips fans will know I reference this all the time. They play 17 games in March, um, mm. which is a... I don't know, a shit ton of games. Oh, it is. Yeah. No, I, I, usually <laughs> it's like 13, 14 is a lot. And you got 17 <laughs> yeah. in March. Wow. Um, so that's going to be interesting. I think the rotation is going to have to be a little bit bigger at, at certain points in the season. Um, but for, for right now, it's there's a question, but it's not, uh, I guess it's looming. It's not imminent, if that makes sense. Yeah. The fact that you went and made this trade for James Harden should also make it that if someone takes a night off, it's like, well, we, we still have a superstar too. That yeah, last can be night with the Clippers. Yeah. On the court. Exactly. Yeah. Who they play last night again? They played the Warriors. That's they played a, the Warriors and Harden was that's fantastic. A, yeah. That's a franchise that is um lot going, going on up going in a direction. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um actually let me ask you about the the Western conference and yeah. just the layout. Obviously the Timberwolves being great is not something a lot of people predicted. But I almost feel like they've taken the Warriors place in the Mm. contender rankings, that there's still the same amount of contenders. And it's really the same teams that I see. It's just swap out the Timberwolves for the Warriors or the Warriors for the Timberwolves. It's still Denver. It's still you guys. It's still the Lakers. It's still Phoenix. Who scares you the most out of the Western Conference at the moment? Um, I'm not super scared of Phoenix, to be honest. It seems like I I think the Clippers are better than the Suns. Okay. The Nuggets, very difficult to not be terrified of them. The Clippers beat them for the first time since like January of 2022 or something this year uh, with an actual healthy Nuggets team. Um, So that was surprising. Timberwolves, I want to say their half-court defense is insane right now. Their defensive side of the ball, Rudy mm -hmm. Gobert is playing some of his best basketball. So that freaks me out a little bit just because you got two teams with two really good big guys. Obviously, one of them the best player in the league and the other maybe the best defensive player in the league. So that top two right now is really difficult. Um, I think it's probably still the Nuggets is, is, the make, number, is the number one. That makes sense. The Timberwolves are... I don't know. I've been trying to find a comp like this where... It's hard, man. It's kind of weird. I, it's like they're, they're ahead of schedule, but they have enough veterans that... <laughs> it could be conceivable that this team comes out the West, you know, like not, not to the point where, I mean, Edwards getting to the finals in this early would probably be unprecedented, but man, you you mentioned it. Their half court defense. It's just impossible to to try and score on them because you have levels to it with, with McDaniels and Edwards kind of holds his own. And then you just like, they've been bringing Gobert further and further away from the rim and their coverage too. Yeah. So where he's not just 
like a, he's and, playing safety basically right it's like, like he and, but he's like coming to the nail to help yeah. so it's like you he also protects the rim because of his length but then mcdaniels also forces you middle or forces you baseline and there's still nowhere where to go you almost like have to hit 50 percent from threes to have a chance and they might even be contested threes i'm with you on the yeah. on the timber well, and it's and the, the yeah. Clippers, sorry to cut you off, but the Clippers don't play them until like mid-January. Like that's oh, the first time okay. the Clippers play. I just looked it up because I was like, I don't think they've played them yet. Um, and they haven't, which kind of bums me out because uh, I would like to see, because both these teams are playing so good right now. It would yeah. be, a, it'd be a fun game to, to watch. So we'll see what happens in mid-January, but that'll be a pretty big test for the Clippers. That's a, uh, yeah, man. The- the way the Clippers are playing, that could be a battle between two of the oh, best yeah. teams in, in the conference as far as record. And so I should I also so. mention the the Thunder have taken the place of the Grizzlies. And I have, I mean, the news that, that came out today as we're recording, I'm not even talking about the Mitchell stuff, Donovan Mitchell stuff, right. specifically the Cavs stuff, yeah. because that's a whole different conversation that Knicks that's fans insanity. Are gonna, yeah, that's Knicks brutal. fans are going to have. And it's like they, they turned down the Donovan Mitchell trade two years ago to maybe right. get him at a discounted rate two years later. I'm just I'm not ready to even wrap my mind around what that's going to look like. But the lawyer <laughs> marketing, the OKC thing fascinates me. Cause yeah. You want to talk about a perfect four for that team? It's, it's, it's Laurie marketing. Yeah. And then you put Jay will and Chet and, um, uh, uh, Lou Dort and uh, geez, SGA like. who might be. I was doing my all NBA teams yesterday for Patreon yeah. and like Kawhi came up, right? And so let me ask you, what team would you have Kawhi on right now? I know, I know this is like a no very, question, no very, question. First, very, but I know this is like a hey, give me all your all NBA teams, but he's absolutely first team all NBA for you right now. Absolutely. He's doing it on both ends. He's doing it. Guys, players like Kawhi, two way players in general have such a crazy standard, I think, because if you're really good at offense, everyone says, oh, that's great. You're really good at offense. And, you know, guys like Luca aren't the best defenders or anything like that. But that guy gets excused because he's so good at offense. Kawhi is just as good as Luka Doncic at offense at different things. Mm-hmm. He's just as good as Luka Doncic. He is obviously one of the better, if not the top tier of defenders in the NBA. But that almost works against him in these situations like this because he's such a good defender that if he's not guarding someone 100% of the time and holding them to one of nine shooting, um, that gets a knock. So I think because he's what he's doing on both sides of the ball, you you got you to gotta go first team. Um, but I can see kind of record not the team's record not helping him in that 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 six game streak is is rough and they are they just came out of it because they had to win six in a row so that that i can see kind of hurting his case but i think i think he's got to be first team so and i'm biased obviously uh, well i mean i I would hope you would be you know like i was trying to figure out a way to get jalen brunson onto one there's just too many there's too many guys for especially with it being positionless um so here's my my counter um, I don't have Luke on my first team. And that's just a testament to how insane this league has been. Yeah. I'm just gonna throw some names at you and you tell me, are they also first team with Kawhi? So we now have four spots, right? Okay. So Jokic. Yeah. Obviously, yes. Embiid. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, Giannis. Giannis had 64 points in a basketball game two days ago. <laughs> uh, Kawhi had 41 the other day. Uh, it's not 64. <laughs> yeah, but he didn't take 30 free throws. That's um, true. He, they didn't go to hack a Yeah, Kawhi okay, yeah, Giannis. Giannis, okay. So now for one spot, yeah, right. Now SGA, like, SGA and LeBron, and then 
you throw Kawhi in there and then you throw uh, Luca in there and then Durant's averaging 30 a game. I think where I, my, my question I is I think like, availability hurts Durant because if that, that would okay. hurt Kawhi. Because that, yeah. that would hurt Kawhi. No, that would uh, hurt. That would hurt. And then that's the like Booker probably deserves in this conversation, but he's missed nine games already. So right. he's to he can't miss more than eight games the rest of the year because of the new um, oh, requirements. Right. So it's almost so like Booker can be in the conversation, but he uh, can't might, be, might just be out yeah. of it by the time we get to February yeah. because he's missed too many games. So. Yeah, I think I again. I think Kawhi's ahead of Shea. Shea is very good. Ahead of Shea. Wow. Yeah, I would okay. put him up there. Okay. No, I listen. The way this turnaround is gone, <laughs> I understand it. I also yeah. recognize who I'm talking to, and I. Yeah, I I'll tell you what. That. If we were like five games under 500 right now, I'd be like, not first team. <laughs> but, okay. Okay. But the turnaround well, has been very real, and he's been one of, if not the biggest parts of that turnaround. So looking at the on off, the yeah. defensive case you're making is is probably the case for Kawhi to make first, even even second at this point, because yeah. they're they're eleven points worse with him off the floor yeah. uh, on defense. So I like, I understand if you're going to that <laughs> where it's plus like they are maintaining holding their own when he's on the court totally, um, but it's defense. really but good. Yeah. It helps when you're when you're um. It helps when you, you have Paul George with you. Uh, listen, I'm splitting Absolutely. here. He's been outstanding yeah. <laughs> this season. So I'm not even trying to push back too much. I just, this league is is so packed with it's talent. It's a great, yeah. It's yeah. an unbelievable year. So I did catch something there that she said that the 65 game rule is not something you like. So yeah. if you want to expand on that, why don't you like it? I Is it too many games or just should there not be a restriction at there all? There just shouldn't be a restriction. Like I think the people who vote on these things are rational people and stuff like that like it's not like we're voting on the, the these awards aren't decided strictly by like points minutes per game per 36 and stuff like that this isn't an anti-analytics rate or anything like that but like that's for the voters to kind of figure out like i i think if you trust in the voters which is also a, a different conversation to have for these kinds of things but like to me the six this because something shit happens right like yeah. what if someone has to leave you know because of a family issue. You know what I mean? Like th there's just things where it's like, I think in some cases, you know, they, they want people to actually be hurt or whatever for the injury reports and the rest, which I get from a league perspective, you want your stars out there. Um, but you can see some teams not really caring about maybe strategically planning some rest days for a marquee matchups. And be like, well, we're just going to play the next game. Like we're going to sit out this TNT game. Maybe it's kind of like a slight or something like that. So I, I just think it's it's such a weird thing to try and manage. And I think players already hate resting. And I think they also maybe hate the idea of the NBA telling them how much they can rest, if that makes sense. Like being, the, real being quick, you think the players you think the players hate resting? Yeah, Kawhi wants to play. He's hurt. Like mm. from from where from my perspective of hearing everything that Kawhi and Paul George have talked about, they want to play. Like these guys don't. There's a game two years ago, I think, where Kawhi was held out at half against Memphis. And he, for his standards, was very upset about it because no one knew that was going to happen. It was just a training staff call. But it was just like, I, I think they want to play. You know, I, I just think you take a look at some of the schedule. You and I were talking about before we recorded the, the brutalness of the Knicks upcoming schedule. I just mentioned the insanity that is the end of the Clippers schedule. There's a lot to look at with how the schedule is created, too, uh, with these back to backs and things like that. So I, I don't know what the answer is, but I don't think putting a, a minimum for awards is it because I also think that some guys who maybe get the award are going to get a knock because so and so couldn't qualify. 
Mm. Right? Like it's, oh, he had, he was this good, but this guy only played 64 games, but his stats, you know what I mean? It it just kind of leaves, I guess, more room to kind of needle awards, which I don't think the NBA needs right now. As a fan of a team who employs Julius Randle, who's made (laughs) a couple of all NBA teams because he plays every game. um, I appreciate that there's now a requirement, but I, I can understand that that perspective and I think where it gets a little murky is when like last year going through all NBA teams and and making ours like I had no clue what to do with Kawhi playing in the 40s and with it's really hard with uh, Durant playing in like just over 50 games last year and Curry playing just over 50 games last year and I didn't know what the cutoff was this at least it was cleaner and I think you uh there's also some perspectives going on here where like the Clippers have been notorious for the rest days, right? Issues. And I'm coming from yeah. Thibodeau land where if it's not <laughs> yeah. broken, you're playing. Yeah, exactly. You know? So yeah. I, 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 I wonder if I had come from like a couple years with the Ty Lu and the Clippers training staff running the Knicks and I'd be like, come on, it, it, it's not necessarily detrimental to awards voting. The league did this solely so that way they're trying to negotiate a new television contract right so i understand that it has nothing to do with player rest or safety (laughs) or anything like that but um i don't know i the bigger thing i like is the positionless uh games because well how how do you feel about the positionless for all nba i mean like you said we just tried to run it down it makes it Mm -hmm. really hard um which i guess is the point because it is all nba and they, they want it to really mean something for guys but I mean, it's harder. I don't know if it's necessarily better. Um, I yeah. kind of like the idea. I think my brain just likes the organization of, you know, guards. But also with the way basketball is now, it's very difficult. Like, do you yeah. look at percentage of minutes guys played at a certain position for this? Or, yeah. I think what gets tough is these voters have been pulling some chicanery <laughs> for a while now. And yeah. Like last year, we had a voter in New York that voted for Embiid as a forward on first team. And like right. Bill Simmons notoriously put Luca as a second team forward last year. And like they've been trying to force position yeah. guys out of their position anyway. And I think for a while in NBA history, like Rudy Gobert made a bunch of all NBA teams, not being one of the 15 best players in the league, but because you right. need three centers. Um, yeah. it, it works that way. DeAndre Jordan made first team all NBA once. I know I don't have to tell you that, but was he the fifth best player in the sure. league that year? In the league that year, right? <laughs> but like I, I just I wonder if you're trying to give all NBA the picture of these are the 15 best players in the league, that it's cleaner. Like this is a year we had multiple point guards. This is a year we had yeah, this multiple was, centers. Yeah. You, know, you can look that, at the eras. I guess it makes the eras look interesting too, right? Because you're like, this is when we had Jokic and Bead. Exactly. <laughs> all, all on the first same team. team. Like it'd yeah. be much cleaner that way. I go back to the nineties where like I grew up like I, I just missed the Ewing Peak, the Patrick Ewing Peak. Yeah. But like Ewing was the the there was fourth in MVP, I believe, in nineteen ninety-five. And missed all NBA because first, second, and third team was David Robinson, Akeem Olajuwon, and Shaquille O'Neal. So, like, yeah. that's where I, I go to. Like, 
it would actually look cleaner to represent a year if it's if it's positionless. But yeah. I understand. I like, no, I like that argument too. I think I actually maybe like that argument better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see you. that. I can see the logic for that clearly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like yeah. that idea. Yeah. Well, I mean, the Clippers are going to have some some All NBA candidates, obviously, and the, the start that the start that James Harden's been off to. Now, did that did that start his 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 uptick? Um, when the change was made with Westbrook or did it start sooner than that? A hundred percent. And a hundred percent happened when the change was made was with Westbrook. This is not a knock on Russell Westbrook. They just can't really, they couldn't share the floor with that lineup together. It, it, mm-hmm. it just couldn't work. Um, and we saw it not work very clearly. Uh, he, and he, he's come in, he's been very respectful of guys roles and things like that. I don't know if you've looked at his field goal attempts on a per game basis, but they've been ticking up, up and up with the, with the Clippers. Cause that was an issue when he first came, he, he wasn't really a catch and shoot guy, which was a, a main concern for some Clippers fans. And we've seen him get a little bit better at that. He's not taking the little dribble and trying to shoot. He's actually just going straight up with it, which is helping um, his overall field goal attempts. Uh, and he, he's just seeing the game so well right now. I think you could put any four guys out there and he would still be able to, to sling, you know, 10 assists or something like that. But the way that he's manning the ship and being able to play at the same speed Kawhi is comfortable with as a, a f- starting five unit um, has been kind of there from the start. He's just getting more comfortable individually within um, the system, if you will. Yeah, the pulling up his his basketball reference game log now to Knicks fans that don't know, he has not taken more than 15 shots in a game yet with the with the yeah. Clippers. And he's averaging over the last... As, I believe it's eight or nine games. Let me actually pull that back up again. <laughs> um, it's over the last eight games. He's averaging 20 and eight on 48 from the field and 48 from three, along with his usual um, 92% from the free throw line. Um, yeah. yeah, he's been, it seems from my perspective, he's he's been <laughs> outstanding. And look, the we made the bet when we reacted to it on our Patreon yeah. that this is, there's a world here where you, you, the Clippers are what that Rockets team was when they went like fully small, where like the tallest player was Trevor Ariza. Sure. And it was just on steroids because now instead of Ariza and PJ Tucker and Eric Gordon, it's Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, and Russell Westbrook. Although PJ Tucker is still there for now. Yeah. Um, Do you guys want him? No. We're, <laughs> we're look, can I interest you in one RJ Bear? Yeah. I'm kidding, Knicks fans. I'm kidding. Yeah. I don't want to trade RJ for, for PJ Tucker. Um, but like, is that the is that the play style goal? That I know that that specific team didn't win much, but that got off to like a seven game winning streak in, in Houston. And then they, the pandemic happened and it, it got cut short. Sure. But is that the the idea is that we're just going to be completely positionless and come playoff time. Like th- we're gonna have as many of these great guards on the floor, great guards and wings on the floor as possible. I think what's interesting is Clippers fans have been really wanting that last year. We were promised that it was wing stop. This we're going to use Roko and Batum and all of this stuff. And it never, it quite literally, I don't think ever happened for more than like a three game span. Um, But the Clippers starting lineup, which has a true seven footer in Avica Zubats, who's had a phenomenal year. Um, His defense has been great. His offense has been a lot more polished as he's gotten comfortable with James Harden in the pick and roll. Uh, But the starting lineup has been great. And Zubats, who usually does not close for the Clippers, has been in some closing lineups. And Ty Lue is trusting him um, to, you know, get down there and do the dirty work when it comes to the boards. So right now, I think they're kind of embracing uh, the 
basically what the starters is, which is two bigger guards. Then you got, you know, Kawhi and PG are going to be out there no matter what. And then you have a, a bigger guy down low to help on the boards. Um, that's where they're at right now. When Mason Plumlee comes back, we'll, we'll see what happens because he was in a pretty big role for the Clippers before he got hurt um, by Julius Randle. Um, but right now, it seems like it's a little more tra- as traditional as you could get right now. Um, and the other lineup that's been really good is Norm, uh, Norman Powell, James Harden, Kawhi, PG, and Zubats again. So their two best lineups right now do feature Zoo. But in the playoffs, as you know, I'm watching Ty Lue coach, new things can pop up. So yeah, I think yeah. we might see that if they get a little bit bigger at the trade deadline, if we see a move for maybe just a bigger four or someone like that. Um, but I think right now it's they're sticking with a seven footer out there. Um, yeah. So two things. One, I completely forgot about the Julius Randall injury that he was dove at me. Yeah, it's it's insane. Listen, Randall was in the midst of he was going through it. He was going <laughs> through it. That, 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 that was a couple games, man. He that was, was yeah. that start to the season that Randall had. I I don't even think you could find a pre- like they kept saying it's like it's the worst start in 20 years. And it's like, yeah, but I'm gonna guarantee anybody else you're going go back, back to that 30. had that start, like <laughs> yeah. didn't have the attention that their fan base had on them yeah, after a disappointing playoff run. Yeah. Um it, he was like anything he did right was just like, how dare you, Julius, yeah. do something yeah. right. Oh, and now you want to do now that. Now you want to play good defense. <laughs> um, but he's thankfully turned it around. And I have the the lineup data that you're referring to. So Zubach, um, Kawhi, Paul George. Man and Harden are a plus 14 and 400 possessions so far this season. There's this, this kept happening. I don't, I don't know how much cleaning the glass you do, but when cleaning the glass does like minimum 100 possessions for their leaderboards. Uh-huh. And for the longest time, the number one lineup on cleaning the glass was Russell Westbrook, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Robert Covington, and Avica Zubac. Because in 107 possessions, it was plus 39. Yeah. And I never knew how to like get rid of that because like, right, we're never going to see that again. But to your point, the next couple lineups, when you include Norm Powell, there's a, a Daniel a Daniel Tice lineup yeah. that, that that's really good. So they they seem like they're rolling at the moment. Hey there, Knicks fans. Quick break to tell you about HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you'll get farm fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. You know I like my stats, so I got some stats here for you. Good food is too precious to waste. HelloFresh's pre-proportioned ingredients cut down on your food waste by at least 23% compared to grocery shopping, which is good for your wallet and the planet. And if you're looking for more ways to save this spring, HelloFresh is cheaper than grocery shopping and 25% cheaper than takeout. 25%, that's a lot. I love HelloFresh. I love Love not only the taste of the meals, but I love the fact that I could have two kids literally hanging off me as I am cooking and I'm still able to follow the recipes and make meals that are exactly as advertised. If you want to experience HelloFresh too, don't hesitate. Go to HelloFresh.com slash filmschoolfree and use code filmschoolfree for free breakfast for life. You did not mishear me. One breakfast item per box while subscription is active. Again, go to HelloFresh.com slash filmschoolfree and use code filmschoolfree for free breakfast for life. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. 
What's up, Knicks fans? Quick break to tell you about our new sponsor, Prize Picks. Not only are they the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America, but they're also the easiest and most exciting way to play. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, it's just you against the numbers, picking more than or less than on a two to six player stat projection. With basketball season fully underway, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League. This is a league created specifically specifically for combo projections that include two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, take Jalen Brunson over in points or Julius Randle over in rebounds and combine it with two NFL picks like Lamar Jackson over in rushing yards or Zach Wilson over in interceptions. Prize Picks is a really simple way to play. Prize Picks offers weekly promotions that can lead to big payouts. Like on Taco Tuesday each Tuesday, Prize Picks discounts select player projections up to 25% to provide even more value. PrizePix now offers Apple Pay for quick and easy deposits into your account all basketball season. You know what to do. Go to prizepix.com slash KFS and use code KFS for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's prizepix.com slash KFS and use code KFS for a first deposit match up to $100. PrizePix, it's daily fantasy sports made easy. Obviously, with the Knicks, as we, we transition into to this game and how, how these teams could potentially match up, not just tonight, but in the future, if there's a transaction conversation, mm. um, the Knicks have been holding their chips for a potential move. The, again, the Mitchell stuff will get talked about a lot Brutal. this weekend, I know. Yeah. But like this year, we went into it being like, OK, well, let's see if the Sixers spontaneously combust. Oh, they're they're fine. <laughs> no. Oh, let's see if yeah. the Clippers spontaneously. Oh, wait, they're fine. And I mean, I'll just flat out ask you, like, does does the fact that this this seems to be working and the fact that from what I can from, listen, I listen to your podcast, it seems like this is a, a year one of many from this this core that they've put together. Is there any thought that like there's a certain place they have to get to in the playoffs to avoid any type of blow it up or like they're going into a new building, make the second or third round and they're all going to extend. And it's not a worry whatsoever. That's the crazy thing is that everyone is up for a contract extension, including Ty Lue. He, mm-hmm. he does not have a, a contract extension right now. You have that coinciding with championship legacies of James Harden, Paul George, uh, and Russell Westbrook, like everything is the pressure could not be higher on kind of either party right here between team and players. Like you just said, the new stadiums opening up. You don't want to go into that with a letdown the season before. Um, so I think again, pending the H word, knock on wood, all that stuff. Um, this has to be a Western Conference finals team. This Wait, can, what's we, the H word? Hold on. I'm blanking. What's the H word? Health. Health. Okay. Um, I was my H word. I was thinking availability. Oh, availability. Sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Whatever you want to use. Health is yeah. a good word too. Yeah. Well, I don't know why that didn't um, that didn't click for me. <laughs> you're like I could have heard oh, the I oh. word too. It's like yeah. injuries. Wait. Oh, <laughs> health. Um, okay. Apologies. But uh, that 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 for it's Western Conference Finals. That then I'm that with good process. You know what I mean? Like obviously, if some insane thing happens, you know. But I, I think it's got to be Western Conference Finals. Once you get to the Western Conference Finals. Things things are so tense and it's such a tight race, assuming at that point that I think you can make an argument, even if things don't go well, that, oh, we we really saw something there. Um, but it is it's another year on guys legs like 
they're they have some big decisions to make. I had a tweet, and I think I still stand by it that I want James Harden to play so well and the Clippers to succeed with him that he gets a ridiculous offer from someone else and goes and takes the money. That would be wonderful. I would love him to stay with the Clippers, but if he plays so well and that coincides with the Clippers getting a championship and then some team throws him a lot of money for his age, I'll take it 10 out of 10 times. Well, that's the perfect scenario. That you yeah, that, the that's, last, that's last ideal. squeeze yeah. out of the Harden Prime uh, fruit, yeah. and then you're you're good. Which um, it might be shaping up to be. It, it, it's not like, I don't know. We're only, you know, whatever, 20-ish games in, but these last six have been encouraging. Um, I'm interested to see what happens against the Knicks. I was looking at your guys' rebounding numbers and very impressed by them, and then I also looked at the injury report and was like, right. Yeah. Right. That's brutal. Yeah. Yeah. It's a tough part because, like, I I'm, I'm watching Avita not Zubac, um, Nurkic get 22 yeah. rebounds the other night against the Nets, and it's like, I, Mitchell Robinson's no longer in my life to counter that anymore, <laughs> and it sucks because he was having an all defense yeah. season when he got hurt, and as we mentioned, you're gonna have to play 65 games that oh. he's no longer to be able to qualify for, but um. Yeah, uh, their life after Mitch has been a bit of an, an adjustment where they're just they're just not stopping anybody. The three point defense is taking a hit. The rim defense is taking a hit. Now, granted, they got rewarded for making the in season tournament by getting to play Milwaukee on the road and then Boston on the <laughs> yeah. road. Yeah, um, and so that kind of sets things back a little bit. But even these these next two games since that, where um, on Monday, they give up 130 to the Raptors. And then this jazz game that just happened where, I mean, for, for three quarters, it was like, oh, so they're going to hit every three-pointer. And uh, like two or three people good played there. well. Yeah. You know, so I... They're did Walker in, Kessler have a good game against y'all? The second half, he did. Yeah. And it, it was He's in a way that good. was like, you know... The, the, it was the Mitch effect, but more as more yeah. of a rim protection standpoint, not an offensive rebounding standpoint. But that's the biggest thing is the Knicks, even when they didn't shoot well, were like, well, we're going to get every offensive rebound. It's fine. Yeah. And that's just gone. Like, it, it's just completely gone. And I don't like Tibbs has his work cut out for him to to try and make that that happen again or find a different way to get advantages. But um, if they're not hitting threes and they're not winning the possession battle, I I'm really I'm really curious how they're going to compete in either of these two games against the Suns and then and then the Clippers. Um, do you have any other thoughts on the Knicks? Um, I'm interested. Yeah, I, the the point of attack defense is going to be huge for the Clippers. Um, we we were just talking about Brunson. He's awesome. <laughs> like I yeah. love his game. His game is one that can that w- w- could punish the Clippers. Um, if the if the defense just isn't gelling, that that Nuggets game where it took six wins in a row to get that taste out of our mouth that loss the defense was just not communicating they were getting beat back door it was one of Kawhi and pg's worst defensive games of the year but i i think something like that would have to happen um and norm powell's been on a heater so if if he's able to kind of keep pace for for the bench minutes i i think i feel okay about the clippers in this one yeah i i'm not gonna Completely say because this Knicks, Knicks fans are, are watching that I also feel comfortable about the Clippers, but <laughs> but yeah, it's also who knows seven wins in a row is a lot. Like th- this would it be is. it's hard to win that many in a row. I, that there's no disrespect to the Knicks or anything like that. Um, we almost lost to the Blazers the other day. <laughs> like, well, I mean the, um, the, the Bucks almost lost to the, the Blazers too. Um, and look, I, I'm not gonna say the Knicks won't almost lose to the Blazers. <laughs> I should say 
we're recording this on Friday afternoon. Yes. So the Knicks Suns game hasn't happened. I may be Correct. preaching all this gloom and doom and they have this huge win against the Suns. There you go. All referring to. So I'm going to try and keep it more upbeat and more evergreen as possible. And the, the, you know what? We're, we're just coming off this win on Sean Marion night. Of course, we're going to beat the Clippers there you go. On the very next night. Um, last thing before I let you get out of here. Um, I did this with, with Adam. But I've been asking every every guest the Mount Rushmore of rivals. So basically, Ooh. calendar comes out, the NBA calendar comes out. There are dates you circle right now. I'm just gonna go ahead and speak for you that the Lakers are on this. So I'm assuming sure. when the Lakers are the team you circle first, that oh, this is when we're playing the the other team that shares our building. But um, the other three, if you'd like to say, who are the other three names that you look to? And like, all right. I can't wait until the Clippers yeah. play this. Um, I would. I usually don't circle the Lakers games first, just because really? it's like it, it's just okay. kind of a. It's like built in. Like it, it's up there. It's it's like fourth, but you're like we're going to play the Lakers. It also historically, how can I say this as politically oh. as possible? Uh-oh. If you were to look at the recent matchup data between the Clippers and the Lakers, it would not suggest that, that it's a rivalry. That it's a huge rivalry. I'm talking purely based on matchup data <laughs> in the recent history. For those who don't the know, the Clippers, Clippers went like five years without losing <laughs> to the Lakers. So. It's like, so it, it's fun and yeah. all that. Like, so it's, it's up there for sure. That's number four. The Phoenix Suns is on there. The Valley Oop is, is why like the Phoenix mm. Suns is up there. Chris Paul was acting like a lunatic in that series. Um, so that's up there. Uh, then you got what I said, the Lakers I, I want to say the Nuggets, but we've just been so bad against them. I don't know if it's mm. technically a rivalry. It's more like, can we beat these guys? Um, so I would go Kings because Clippers Kings have been some really good games. Uh, the Clippers scored 175 against the Kings and lost as a fun um, so that's rewatch, by the way. Yeah. And then like in terms of. So, yeah, we got we got we got Lakers, Suns, Kings. Who else is on that list? Well, Mavs. The Mavs. The Mavs. Okay. Because everyone thinks that Luca Luca plays very well against the Clippers, but his teams lose. So oh, I will take there, that every there are time. back-to-back playoff series against each other, right? Yeah. The bubble and was they've against lost. The, yeah. yeah. Every yeah. time. Every time. Oh wow. <laughs> every that, series. <laughs> it's absolutely the Mavs. I see that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So that's probably. And then uh East Coast teams, the Celtics are one because the Clippers are kind of like yeah. Kind of mirroring each other like personnel wise for a couple of years it was very similar like with their two big wings um and stuff like that and then the knicks uh i'll never forget marcus morris's audition game for us uh when he was playing scored like 30 against us um we appreciate that very much yeah. because it landed on us emmanuel quickly <laughs> yeah that is true um yeah. but yeah those are probably the two on the east coast okay interesting i i think those are the ones i i assumed would be it and yeah the Oh, look, when I when I think about the, I mean, the Rockets would be the only one I think get suggested because of the 2015 series. But I guess yeah. they've been like so the, bad lately. They've been like so, it's, it's so tough to call it a rivalry win. And I was gonna say the Grizzlies too because of the huge rivalries from, from yeah. kind of back in the Lob City days. But that's just been so kind of up and down, I guess. Um, yeah, so I think I'm, I'm comfortable with my four. You mentioned Chris Paul being a lunatic in that Sun series. <laughs> he was recently a lunatic the other day against Daniel Tice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tiger has not changed his stripes. Yeah. <laughs> plus, what's his legacy with Suns fans? In excuse me, with Clippers oh, fans. I was like, oh, well. in um, probably like, not very good with Suns fans. Uh, well, how did how did Clippers fans remember him? Because we were doing it. We did a thing over the summer where yeah. we tried to decide 
it was when Dame got traded and Bill Simmons was like, he's not the greatest blazer ever. And we tried to go through every team. I think he is. Well, so I do too, but we tried to go through every team and decide who every franchise goat was. And like, there's a case for the Clippers. Well, there's like a case. It is Chris Paul for the Clippers. So I would be curious from your perspective. Does he have any chance of that with you? Or is he, is that of course the conversation or is it him or McAdoo or I think, I think based on pure basketball stuff, what Chris Paul did for the Clippers is what well, I mean that that put makes it yes for me that it, that from a basketball perspective. Yeah, there were times when it was the most frustrating thing you've ever seen in your life. But also the Clippers don't get to where we are today without Chris Paul and him, you know, doing what he did with the Clippers, which did ultimately end in disappointment and frustration. Mm-hmm. But um but it's so hard, man, because he's just played for teams that play the Clippers all the time. And he does his Chris Paul bullshit that you love when it's on your team. Or I guess you don't love. You rationalize when it's on your team. Then it's against you and you say, wow, this is terrible and, and mm. not fun at all. Um, and he's not the nicest guy. He's not a guy like he's every a lot of players have quotes about him not being very friendly <laughs> and things like that. So I think Blake Griffin gets held to a higher standard, uh-huh. uh, not higher standard, just higher, higher regard. regard. Yeah. Like, yeah. He was great. Injuries, obviously, but same with Chris Paul. But Blake is very likable. Blake is a very likable guy. Um, so, yeah, it, it's tough, man. It's one of the more complicated legacies. Um, Sounds yeah. extremely complicated. <laughs> and I'm I'm trying to pull it up. And now, now he's on the Warriors. So it's like, well, yeah, <laughs> the Warrior. What's funny is I remember staying up late. Like for me on the East. Oh, Coast, no, of course. Yeah. Watching those Warriors, yeah. those Warriors. Uh, Clippers games and how seriously uh, Chris used to take them and how personally he used to take yeah. them. And Steph was just on the ascend. And I, I mean, you I don't even have to tell <laughs> you what that was yeah. like. Yeah. You were, you were, what was that like experiencing the, the Chris Paul, Steph Curry rivalry, but like almost so much from our like, side, from your side, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not fun for the most part. Um, but it was, it was a changing of, I mean, Chris Paul obviously still had phenomenal years after that, but it was a change in seeing kind of the collision of what the new version of a point guard could be and what shooting was, re- what volume shooting was really going to do for the future of the game. Um, and Chris Paul could still get the mid range and all those things and stuff like that. But it was mostly just frustrating because you didn't know what to do with it. You just watched it kill you over and over <laughs> and think, I don't know, maybe someone will figure out how to stop it, but and yeah, that that's where it, and that's where, you know, the the shortcomings come into play with Chris Paul when you look at his tenure for the Clippers and things like that. But he gave us all for the most part. Um, but yeah, it's it's tough. I'm going to watch Chris Paul highlights after this. Oh, um, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, um, as someone who wanted the Knicks to trade for Chris Paul back then and then he got traded to the Clippers instead. Um, I man, that was I mean, crazy. I, I can appreciate. Well, like this, this. The the guy over my shoulder, Carmelo Anthony, like after they made that trade, it was like, all right, there's they have one more move to make. And they had the assets to do it. And then Amari got hurt. And then they signed Tyson Chandler. And then they amnesty Chauncey Billups. And it just never happened. Like Chris Paul apparently at Carmelo Anthony's wedding said, like, we're gonna form a big three of our own here in New York. And then it just Hey man, I know it's the biggest day of your life. Yeah, but <laughs> we're gonna make this about us, right? Yeah. And so I 
Yeah, I've I've always admired his game from afar, but also recognized yeah. the Chris Paul bullshit that you're talking about. So yeah. um yeah, and I pulled up the the win share totals for Clippers history. DeAndre Jordan is right behind Chris Paul. Right. And, and that's because of Chris Paul. Yeah. Right. So it's tough <laughs> to be like Elton Brand and and so Bob McAdoo was the one because of how his career started in yeah. Buffalo that I would have said has a case. I think that was the conversation we had. That was and world McAdoo. be free is cool. Like if you're yeah, like a cool yeah. Clippers hipster, you say world be free and stuff like that. Uh, well, it's going to be interesting. Clippers win the title this year. There's a case for Kawhi Leonard. And I think it might be a shut. Oh yeah. I mean, closing, it would be a shut. Uh, what am I saying? Closing yeah. shut case. Open and shut. Yeah. Open Kawhi and shut place. Yeah. There you go. Kawhi yes. one, Paul George two. It would be no question. Yeah. <laughs> James Harden three. There you go. Maybe not James Harden three. Obviously, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. I'd go with Vita Zubats three just to piss everyone off. There you go. <laughs> that is source of contention. I remember one of the people hate Zoo, dude. Like, you did for. Yeah, yeah. Like there's this thing where like people blame so much stuff on Vita Zubats, and it's like, look who's he's not. Like, is that right? Yeah. People wanted to trade like for Daniel Gafford, uh, like Ooh. this, and it was like, come on, like what are we doing here? Like he's not, he plays every single game. He makes like eleven million dollars a year. He's an above average starting center, and he can dominate when sometimes, yeah. um, you know, just well, things like that. One game I think he's gonna be able to dominate in <laughs> is this game against the New York Knicks, who are gonna be starting their backup center and then their third string center. Shout out Isaiah um, Hartenstein. Shout out great. Yeah. Isaiah Hartenstein, we love him as a backup. He's he so is, good as a backup, dude. The Clippers the, chose John Wall over Isaiah Hartenstein. Um mm. some of us are still sore about that. But yes, thank you for loving Hartenstein. He's great. We love him here in the that role, the backup center. The, the role. It's, backup center clearly. When he yeah. gets exposed a bit as a <laughs> as a high higher minutes. Uh, center that it can be yeah. frustrating, but we'll see what this matchup uh, looks like on Saturday night. Chuck, thank you so much for joining me for preview this matchup on the Knicks Film School pregame pod. Before you get out of here, plug what you'd like to plug. Thank you so much for having me. This was always a fun time. You can find me at Twitter at Chuck Mockler. Our show, uh, all Clippers. So if you're a Knicks fan and you want a, a, the West furthest West Coast team you can get, uh, we are at Clippers Pod on uh, Twitter and at Clippers Podcast. On YouTube, it's called Clips and Dip. Listen to us, review us, uh, all that good stuff if you want to impress your New York friends with knowledge about the LA Clippers. <laughs> yes, yes. I Listen, I love the chemistry that you and Adam and Will have, and I Appreciate think it, it's man. a good show. And I highly recommend it, Knicks fans. Check it out, even if it is just to see if Paul George could potentially become available one day. Um, <laughs> Chuck, thank you so much, my man. Thanks for having me. Once again, a big thank you to Chuck Mockler for coming on today's pod and helping me preview this matchup against the Los Angeles Clippers. You know, as always, the KFS Bump, the links to their YouTube channel, the links to their podcast feed, both iTunes and Spotify, are available in your episode description. I should just also give a quick shout out to our merch store. That link is also in your episode description. So much good stuff up on that that website at the moment, whether it be a hoodie, whether it be a beanie, whether it be a t-shirt, whether it be a coffee mug, whether it be a tumbler, whether you're you're looking to get sweatpants, there's so much good stuff over at the KFS merch store. I'm currently recording this outro in my KFS hoodie, which underneath has a KFS t-shirt. And I'm staring at two beanies that I'm going to put in my wife's uh, stocking and then one I'm going to put in my mom's stocking. So I, I, I think you'll you'll really like the stuff that we got over at the KFS merch store. I would not recommend it if I didn't think it was quality uh, merchandise. So check all that stuff out there. As far as I'm concerned, that'll do it for me. If you dig the show, head over to iTunes, drop a five-star rating review for us. 
I will be back tonight when you're listening to this uh, because I will be doing the post game tonight for the Knicks and the Clippers. So stay up late with me. It'll be another marathon performance where we're starting it technically on Sunday morning. So technically I'll be back tomorrow. Uh, and then I will be back on Sunday morning, excuse me, Monday morning uh, with another pregame pod uh, for the Knicks and the Lakers. But until next time, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Enjoy the game tonight and I'll speak with you soon. Peace. Peace.